Hello and welcome to the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast series. I'm your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature. And in this podcast, I interview leaders from different organisations and industries to find out more about the challenges they face in leading through uncertainty and how they overcome them. This week, I'm at the Rico Arena in Coventry with Nick Eastwood, who is the CEO and Deputy Chair of WASP's rugby team. Nick has taken WASPs from a failing business in Buckinghamshire to a thriving business in Coventry in the heart of the Midlands at an incredible venue. He talks openly about the challenge of making some tough decisions and the honesty required to engage people. Hello, Nick. Hello. <laughs> um, thank you for joining me today. Um, for the benefit of the listeners, can you start by explaining what it is that you do here at WASPs? I am the Chief Executive, Deputy Chairman, Chief Bottle Washer and anything that requires to be done on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And what does that involve? Um, it's really providing overall direction um, to the business in terms of providing a sort of clear sense of purpose, which I always prefer to use rather than mission statements and mission statements in my humble opinion, a complete waste of time. A, I can never remember the difference between them, mm-hmm. and B, I'm not sure if they ever say so. So it's basically, you know, communicating and providing uh, uh, a clear sense of why people get out of bed in the morning and come to work, and why they choose to work for what's as opposed to hundreds of other organisations. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. I think the second is you know, getting the best possible people you can get your hands on. I mean, I very much believe in you know, getting higher people. Steve Jobs, who I think first said, you know, my job is to hire people who are clever than I. A, because it means that you're far more likely to seize an organisation. It makes your own bloody job easier mm. as well if you mm. don't have to do all the rest of it. I think thirdly, it's a sense of providing a, a, a sense of values and the way you want to see work done, the way you want people to behave, um, but people, the way they behave, not a bunch of platitudes on a flip chart, um, which is where a, a lot of people end up. Um, and, you know, so I, in overall terms, mm-hmm. uh, man- I'd hate to use the words management style because that indicates I've got something to offer. but. I tell you, I'm the I'm the conductor. I don't play all the instruments. Mm. In fact, I play very few of the instruments. That's other people to do. So, keeping everybody pointed in the same direction, um, fixing things when bits fall off the machine, um, and um, providing hopefully um, a management team who enjoy working here and uh, an environment people enjoy working here as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what, um, how long have you been at WASPs and what drew you here? Five years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've been in sport for 20 years. So um, when I left my last job, which was the RFU, um, you do tend to, I mean, this is neither there for this purpose of this, but you tend to get pigeonholed by headhunters and they look at your last 10 years. And since I've been, last 10 years was in sport, then you're in sport. So. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a nutshell, sport's been the most important thing in my life ever since I was a young boy, apart from close family. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you play rugby as a child? Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I got to the heady heights of county under, uh, county level of under 19. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, actually. Um, 
above that, I was sort of out of my depth physically. I was a good rugby player, mm -hmm. really good rugby player. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people who went on to play to England would even come back and say, Nick, you were a good player. But physically, I was just out of my depth. Mm -hmm. um, so once it got to divisional level, which was the in between county and sort of representative thing, I'd beat them, basically. Um, so, so having got a taste of working and buggering around in sport as opposed to doing a real job, then I wasn't going to give that up. <laughs> oh, good for you. So, so um, what are your experiences of leading through uncertainty? Well, I suppose the, the, the whole WASS experience is the best example of that in the sense when I joined, um, basically insolvent, why I suppose I needed a head testing um, uh, when I did join. Um, but... Um, when I joined, we didn't own anything. I sort of summarised that we had um, no assets, no staff, no sponsors, no money. But mm -hmm. apart from that, as the American uh, football joke goes, we're doing really well. Um, and um, it was really, really tough. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you don't know whether you can make the payroll at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't pay suppliers. Um, we had a pretty awful time just after I joined we couldn't make the payroll that meant some people weren't being paid over the Christmas period it tends to be the higher level people and so it's a pretty lonely place to be when I'm talking about something which is very very extreme mm. um, but it happened I mean, that, yeah that's yeah the point. I mean we, yeah. We, we it was a battle for survival for yeah. the first um, six months and, um, and how was it to lead through that it's tough because it is because you know the one of my when talking about you talk about experts one of my favourite quotes about leaders uh, I've got half a dozen I've got more than that but one of my favourite quotes I can't remember who said it is leaders um, don't inflict pain they bear pain so mm. to a certain extent you've got to have very very broad shoulders and um, give the impression um, without being disingenuous or dishonest that everything's fine mm -hmm. uh, don't worry we'll get through this um, so it's uh, but I mean it's a lot to carry it is mm. um, and at the end of the day uh, you know I thought after about three weeks what on earth have you done but the you either you either um, uh, you either raise a white flag or you stand and fight um, and my nature wouldn't allow me, even though I've created any number of worries, to, to give up. But you know, you stand and fight. Um, and the, there was a phrase, and the, the, there was a phrase that was somebody I worked for in America. Um, you know, we could have looked back and after six months said, "Look, we did our best, but we couldn't save it." Uh, it's, if we had to put it into administration. Uh, one of the guys who worked in America had this phrase that said, "Sometimes doing your best isn't good enough. You just have to do what needs to be done." And sort of grammatically and logically saying doing your best isn't enough, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. It's like footballers mm. said, well, we gave it 120%. Mm. Um, but you know what it means. It's, you, know, you have to dig a bit deeper yeah, yeah, yeah. than, um, than your um, normal best. So we just had to somehow get through it. Mm. Um, and what was the turning point for you? Well, the turning point was we got a new owner in who then was prepared to invest in the business. And at that point, we started looking for uh, a permanent. Home, mm -hmm. which is how we ended up here. Mm. So, here being Coventry, here being Coventry, yeah, yeah. and took what was probably a world first um, 
sports organisations or franchises, if you call them, that have really catered, but nobody did it pre-season. Mm. So, you know, we received all sorts of plaudits about how brave we were, but frankly, staying, doing nothing was a far braver thing than doing what we did, mm. you know, necessities mm. and mother invention mm. and all that. All yeah. The right, all yeah. Desperation is the mother of, of courage or mm. whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, courage is an interesting thing. I often think courage is very similar to naivety or or just having to. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we would have just gone, we'd have gone bust if mm. we'd stay where we were. Mm. We might not have gone bust within a year, we might not have gone bust within two or three years, mm. but sooner or later we would have gone bust because sooner or later we would not have found somebody willing to come in and just pour money uh, down the drain without any um, hope of getting it back. Mm. So, uh, so what changed is we, we, uh, we found a new owner, Derek, who's a brilliant guy. Um, we then started looking at um, stadiums in and around the southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, never found anywhere within the period of time we're looking, um, and sort of, I wouldn't say stumbled upon this place, but we had it on our radar. But we always thought it was far too left field. Mm-hmm. But then we came and had a proper look round, and the penny started to drop, mm. um, and pulled off the acquisition and purchase, and then three months later played our first game here. Wow! So we, that was moving we, fast. It was moving very, very fast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But mm. we we weren't lose. We weren't leaving a lot behind. So mm. that's why, in many ways, staying where we, you know, people say, "Oh well, you know, what the sort of, what the risk you took." But leaving very little is not particularly risky. Mm, um, mm, so, mm. E- e- you know, even if we ended up no better than where we were in the first place, mm. then we were no worse off, and we were pretty yeah. sure we'd be we'd do better than that. We, I don't think, in our wildest dreams, we thought that we'd be as successful, or the move would be as successful, mm. and we would be successful. Right, and um, sometimes you just have to let go of the. Of what was and step into yeah. I mean, what, once it made the move, be. then that was it. You know, it yeah. was all hands to the deck because we we came from a skeleton organisation to to owning this place. Mm-hmm. We went from owning nothing because we, we everything we had, training ground, the stadium, were leased off other people or rented yeah. other people. So we went from owning nothing to owning the best club rugby stadium in the world. Fantastic. Or somebody once put it, we went from um, renting a. An, um, rowing boat to owning a cruise liner which is not <laughs> it's not that far off actually um, i hope it moves a bit more quickly <laughs> yeah, yes yes um, at times at least but it was the scale of the yeah change. yeah um, and what were the what were the challenges for you um in the in the move because that must have thrown up huge amounts of uncertainty for the players and their families and for um, all uh, the staff for the well we the didn't have a great well. staff and because we uh, um, because we were aware that we might ultimately move a, a reasonable distance, not this one. As staff left, we tended to replace them with contract with contracted staff right. or interims or temporary staff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So the whole community. I mean, the 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 most difficult thing was was the. Uh, supporters and the season ticket holders mm. so we um how did you keep them on board just honestly mm. we just we basically i just stood in front of them a we didn't duck anything 
Okay. So, so we made the decision we're going to stand up and be counted. So we announced the deal on Wednesday here uh, after a very fraught night of negotiations. Um, and then we called a season ticket, oh sorry, a fans forum in Marlow, which is close to where we were, about 500 very angry fans turned up ready to lynch me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just fronted up and mm. we just told the truth um, mm. and didn't bullshit, didn't pull any punches. Mm. I just got up um, and said why we had to move mm. and why if you took the took the if you accepted the premise that we had to move or the necessity we had to move, then the Rico Arena was by far and away the best option. Mm. So I think we started about half seven hotel and I think we, basically we finished by 11, 11 30 and we had a few left I said look I'm going to stay up as long until the question so let's go to the bar and I'll buy everybody a drink so I went eventually went to bed about half past two in the morning wow and then we had another fans for I think it was Saturday or the following Saturday which was the last game we held mm. which was even angrier because everybody had been drinking all day but right. again you just you just front up and tell yeah. the truth. You just yeah. tell it like, be straight. You can't bullshit people, they look right way through it. Well, people just, do see through it, and I think, straight, you know, they say honesty is the best policy, and yeah. it's easier said than done in, well, those, I, I in those moments, never, but I think... It dawned on us that anything else would be, um, would be, even, you know, we wouldn't even imagine doing mm. it, so, mm. um, so it was a question of fronting up. Mm. It was something you had to do. You had to be honest about it. Opinions, yeah, and, and just saying like it was. Mm. And the vast majority of people sort of said, "Well, I wish we didn't have to do it." But I understand we do it, and we respect, respect why you've had to do it. Mm. Um, and the vast majority of people have followed. Oh, sorry, a significant number of people have followed us. Mm. Um, so, and probably gained a whole ton of new followers oh, since yeah, then as yeah, well. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, we've tripled the, our sport base. Yeah, I can imagine because the West Midlands region is. Quite thriving, isn't it? Yeah, and sports had a tough time in the West Midlands. There's never been a elite rugby club. All the football clubs, sadly, are really struggling. Mm. So there's only one. You know, Warwickshire Cricket Club got relegated last season. Mm. There's only two elite level sports clubs in the entire West Midlands, mm. which is West Bromwich Albion and us. Mm. Um, and West Bromwich Albion's more black country, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's further west. Yeah. So it's certainly great for Coventry that it's fantastic, yeah. and, and the way we've been accepted and supported by the local community has sort of exceeded our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think we've put a lot back, and I like to think we've acted in the right way. Um, but that's been repaid three times over mm-hmm. by what we've got back from the community and the city mm-hmm. and the uh, major institutions and organizations mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah, because you're quite active in the community, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we do, do a you, lot of work. Do you want to just say some more about that? Well, I mean, we, I mean, pretty much it, it's not rocket science. We just get out and about. We we go to schools, um, whether it's running little after-school hour rugby uh, rugby camps, or going to receptions and talking about them, or sending a player. I've done two or three prize-giving speeches. Um, we go to rugby clubs, we support organisations who want to raise funds, we support local charities if we can, we get out to civic events, um, we, 
support fundraising and other sort of activities. Um, we support the city council, so if we want some of our players to go along to a civic reception, that they may have visiting dignitaries. Mm -hmm. We basically try and support the organisations in any way that we can. Mm. We can't support anything. So it's about actually trying to help others. Um, so don't, you know, don't look at it as what we can get out of it. See if we can help other people and the work that we will turn. So we very much adopted a, you know, go out and find, find out what people want and see if we can help them, mm. as opposed to, well, we'll only turn up if, you know, we can sell tickets at your mm. event or you buy a few shirts or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's just about visibility, support, creating goodwill, creating. I mean, the phrase I use um, as, as um, is advocacy, creating advocates yeah. for the club, so people speak well of the club. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you will hear, you know, at dinners, people say, "Oh, well, your your community came to so and so, so and they did a fantastic job, and you're doing." It's not rocket science. Really, it's very very. Well, simple. you know, often leadership isn't rocket science, no. but but what I'm hearing is that you've embraced the region. You've been here what yeah, three uh, years, yes. maybe four, yeah, um, three, three, three years, three, three and a half years. Yeah. So. You've embraced the region and you've integrated into the community. It would have been very easy just to have turned up at the Rico Arena and then expected everyone yeah. come to come to and, you. And and because we knew in the area we'd have to try harder. Mm, we, mm. We, we, we haven't been here for 150 years and feel that we're part of the the fabric or the social, the, the local social fabric. We've had to work hard to do that. Yeah. But it's been very rewarding. And and to a certain extent now we are mentioned as a success story for Coventry, which we'd never have dreamed of when we, mm. when we started. That's um, a great accolade, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing um, at the beginning really tough times and yeah. a lot of pain. Yeah. And then I'm hearing a breakthrough and success and integrating with the community and the club doing well and best venue in the world. Um, how is it for you to know that you've been on that kind of I hate the word journey, but that process of feeling the pain and navigating your way through it and then it, yeah, coming mean, out the other side. You, you sort of, you know, day to day, you don't really think like that, but, you know, you do sometimes reflect and God, you know, when I, I, I still think, how do we manage it? Or I, I still think two things. One is how on earth do we pull it off? Mm -hmm. And secondly, I still can't believe we own this place. So sometimes I've been out especially coming from that side when you come around that bend and you first see it you go I can't quite believe we own this place but we do like so yeah dreaming. so it, it's it look it's it's very satisfying fulfilling I suppose mm. think, Jesus where we've come from mm. and uh, you've played a part in that mm. so it you don't really think about that on a day to day mm. because there's always another bloody problem or <laughs> some, yeah. you know, some of the service has gone wrong in one of the hospitality suites and everybody's moaning the yeah. vegetables were cold or undercooked or whatever, mm -hmm. or the bar staff was slow or something. So you, you didn't really think about that, but mm. it, it does provide you a sense of perspective about you know the next set of problems. So you, you tend to think, hang on, we've we've got over far far more difficult uh, problems than yeah. this latest one. Yeah, and I think um, that's I think that's important sometimes because when we're we're in the middle of a problem, it's very easy yeah. to get sucked into it and yeah. and to just feel the pain of it without realizing that 
that's actually part of the process of coming out and having the breakthrough. Is yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's rare that people just have this enormous breakthrough without the pain think, and all the hard work. I think first. retaining a sense of perspective is critical in terms of leadership, if you if you will. Um, but both in terms of work, but also in terms of life in general. I mean, mm. You know, as an organisation, basically, our product is a bunch of big kids, very big kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Big lugs chasing all around. We're not solving the Syrian crisis. We're not solving cancer or hunger or whatever. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, no matter how irksome the current problems are, we're working in sport, which most people or a lot of people would give their right arm to do. So yeah. that in itself makes us very privileged. And you know, look around the rest of the world and what's going on. And, you know, these are minor problems or issues compared to what's going on in the rest of the world. So Yeah, they, they may be, but but you're providing a service of escapism, if you like, because sport is such a crucial part of no, everyday life no, for I'm, I'm not so down, many people. I'm not downplayed. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. that, that let, let's not get overwhelmed with mm. our own sense of, you know, and the extent of the problems. Mm. And, you know, by any rational... Analysis set in the context of wider society. They are not. They're not. It's not the end of the world. Mm, these mm, aren't disasters. Mm, these aren't nightmares. Mm, these are, are just, you know, bumps in the road. We've got mm, to get across some bigger than others. Mm, so, and you know that that's not wishing to be flippant because there's a danger if you take that too far, then you don't see anything as a mm, major problem. Mm, and, mm, you know. Too passive and reactive, mm. uh, but you know, the sun rises the next morning, and everybody's still here, and everybody's still got a job. And, and the next day, the vegetables are warm yeah. instead of cold. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and I yeah. guess, in a way, that's that's a nice problem to have if that's where the the focus is now, as opposed to the focus three years ago when you were yeah, yeah, yes, hanging on by fingernails. Improving and you know, do, uh, building on what we've got. Mm. Um, there's always issues, you know, major issues relatively major issues that's the next set of stuff whether it's you know legal issues or, 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 or funding issues or things like that but yeah I mean it, this is now about trying, trying to get up the next step of the ladder mm. which is to improve and then ultimately ultimately you know any organisation has to measure itself by you know, what you might call meaningful results um, and for us ultimately we're a rugby team yeah. The only meaningful result is what happens on the pitch. Yeah. There's, there's two really, it's a self-sustainability and there's what happens on the pitch because the two really are interlinked. And so now it's about, you know, when do we get to get to the top of Everest as opposed to get to base camp. You know, getting here was base camp one, we're probably at base camp three now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't got to the summit yet because mm-hmm. the summit is when we get hands on some silverware. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about... You know, it's about refinement and tweaking and relatively small steps as opposed to the giant steps that we definitely took when we, we, we got our hands on this place and mm. moved up here and, and broke the premiership record for attendance the first game we held here. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. What do you think is um, the secret to your success as a leader? Um, 
I, th- I mean, it's something you said at the beginning. I mean, ultimately, leadership is about being. It's about being yourself. It's not about pretending to be somebody else. It's about, I think, having a strong sense of who you are. I mean, you've got to have the basic, um, some basic intellectual and managerial. I suppose if, 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 if I'm going to move into the immodest thing, I, I actually have got a lot of common sense. Now, mm-hmm. as somebody once said to me, the thing about common sense, Nick, is it's not very common. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at the the technical ingredients, um, this sounds terribly arrogant, but if you look at the technical ingredients, I'm clever. Mm-hmm. I'm Watson, so I'm clever, mm-hmm. but I've got a lot of common sense at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a technical ingredient. Um, you know, I think it is about having in- integrity. I think it is about having a high degree of self-knowledge. Knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, this bombastic, hubristic, I, you know, whatever happened to Carillion type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, that that just doesn't work. It's about you know being relatively I'm, I'm going all over the place here because I'm not sure exactly. And 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 and, and you, you know, hire the best possible people. I mm, mean, mm. these people who hire people who are yes people and or not really good because they think it'll um, reflect well on them. It's just lunacy. Mm. Um, I do think I have a fairly strong sense of perspective and being able to keep things in perspective. Yeah. Um, relatively objective, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, luck a bit of luck as well, being in the right place at the right time. Well, that tends to happen, I think, for other reasons. Mm. Um, and I, I, I hope having a I was born with, I suppose, sort of a set of values and sense of integrity, which attracts the right people gets people around you acting in a way that um, is beneficial for the organization for organizational performance and mm. I, mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I could probably if, if we if you'd have given me um if you'd have given me a, a sort of a day to think about it, I'd probably write the sorry you know elucidate a far more um, coherent sort of answer to that question. And then it would just be something clever rather than what's real. Yeah, and what I, what mean, I hear is is a huge amount of humility in your leadership where you've well, talked I, a lot about that, yeah. you've um, talked a lot about, you know, how well, it's well, about what, getting you know, the right people. One of my, around one of my other favourite phrases now a lot of people don't understand it, but you definitely would, is leaders are out to express themselves, not to prove themselves. Mm. And I think that's the most fundamental. Mm. Leaders don't inflict pain, they bear pain. Mm. But leaders about are out to express themselves, not to approve themselves. Now all that hubristic, very bombastic, I'm this person, I'm that person, mm. those are people who are out to prove themselves, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to this is who I am. Mm. I always want to look myself in the mirror, mm. I was born this way. Mm. And that's how I'm going to express myself in the day-to-day, in how I work. Mm. That's probably exactly what what, what I mean. But mm. I've I've 
I've done a fair degree of management development all the rest of it and a lot of people say I'm very unusual in that sense because most well actually not most leaders most CEOs and that's not necessarily a thing are highly egotistical and mm -hmm. ego driven mm -hmm. um, which I don't know to think I am well I'm not hearing it <laughs> I'm not hearing an ounce of that so yeah, um, um, yeah and I think and I also think that that is changing um, where CEOs in the past have been Appointed through yeah, you, you through get, charisma and uh, still uh, are. To I appoint. mean, if you get people who are <clears throat> are genuinely talented and brilliant, that works. If you get people who aren't, it's a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know, if somebody who thinks they're right all the time and not willing to listen to others, that's fine if they are right quite mm. a lot of the time. Mm. But it's a downright disaster if they're not. And yeah, and good I think examples of both. Yeah, and I think um, particularly in uncertainty, where there actually isn't a right answer. I mean, take the case in point of wasps moving to Coventry. No, you didn't know that that was the right answer, and so it's not no. proven until it's done. Correct. So all yeah. you can do is is look yeah. at the facts and then get a sense of does yeah. this feel like the right thing to do as yeah. much as I is it based on logic and reason? Warren Menis who said um, uh, leaves her out to express himself. Warren Bennett. Yeah, Bennis. Bennis. I think he is the best, he's dead now, but I think he's the best, most uh, insightful. I think he's called Becoming a Leader. It mm -hmm. was probably, it was released in America. He's English, I think, but he, he taught in America, I think. Right. Uh, but he, I think that was, I think I read that book in 1990, so mm -hmm. long gone. Mm. Warren Bennett, really, really good. Okay, yeah. I'll have to look that one up. I've not heard of that. And, and he said, and it's what you said at the beginning, he said ultimately being a leader is about being yourself and mm. it's that simple and it's that difficult at mm. the same time because, yeah. you know, you're exposed to all this. I mean, you look at, you look at um, The Apprentice and what, 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 what's that saying about how to be, it's about this bombastic, self-centered, vague, Mm. idiotic self-promotional mm. type and self-serving self-serving yeah. and, and I say to you know when, when, it, when sometimes I do um, what do you call it um, induction type of thing but I think I said if anybody acted like that around me they'd be out the door before they could, their feet could touch the ground mm. you, you know it's all about it's, it's all about working you know people who are out to try and prove themselves as mm. it were I'm just not interested mm. about that. Well, and I think particularly with the with the organisation you're leading, it's all about teamwork, isn't yeah, it? So, ultimately, yeah, so the, if you've got people on the ultimate team, yeah. So if you've got um, people on the team who are just self-serving, yeah, they just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's it's crucial that yeah that that people have that sense of team. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you can't find Warren Berry, so I've probably got it at home somewhere actually. But it's very, it's called okay. on becoming a leader. Yeah, really, okay. It's definitely out of print, but he's a, he's English, I think. But I think he'll say, I think he worked in America. But I suspect when he was, that would be written in the late eighties, early nineties, and he was probably mm -hmm. sixty, so he's probably no longer with us. Okay. So, final thoughts from you, Nick, on yeah. leadership and wasps. Um. Final thoughts. Well. It's all right. It's been okay so far, but we mm -hmm. haven't won anything yet, mm -hmm. and um, 
we we um, are sort of think that with the jobs done once we've won something and we're self-sustainable financially we're close to both of those um, it would have been for me a privilege to have been involved and if I um, if I can say I've had you know a bit to do with it then I'll retire a happy person put it that way Great. but the final thing is that even if nobody remembers anything that I have to do with wasps at this place at the coffee shop that you walked in I have had a coffee named after me <laughs> I was, heard that I heard it, them I heard somebody ask for a nick it is and it, the story is and it's quite a funny story is that I have a specific coffee it's basically a double espresso with about that much milk so I used to go to the person and say um, can I have this so they go oh yeah and all this bit. And then somebody in the queue said, oh, can I have one of those as well? And they go, oh, yeah. And then, um, it, apparently this, and then, it, then it, it, it became, some people go, have one of those? Oh, do you mean a Nick? And now the new staff in that coffee shop are taught how to make a Nick. So if nothing else, <laughs> if I am either led out by men in white coats or carried out, I will have had a coffee named after well, and you moved wasps, wasps to Coventry, so yes. I think that's a great accolade to the so, to the region. Uh, and yeah. um, thank you for your time no, today. No, it's been Nick. my pleasure. I um, love talking about leadership and all this. It's such a it's such a difficult concept to, mm. to grasp, and you mm. can you can simplicity is another great thing about I think leadership is keeping, uh, but simplicity is difficult as the famous Einstein quote. Yeah. Oh, there's a, the famous Einstein quote is make things as simple as possible, mm. but no simpler. Mm. Um, and I think it was Branson, who I'm not a big fan of, generally speaking, who said any idiot can make things complex. It's mm. really difficult to make things simple. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of, but that ties into you know, creating a sense of purpose and a vision. Yeah. Um, because you can, only, you, can, you, can, you can oversimplify things or, or, or actually make things simple getting through to make you know say old thing if you can't explain something on one and a half sheets of paper then you don't really understand mm, it. Mm. And that's also always the classic um, uh, test of somebody if you if somebody's trying to explain something, whatever it is, Brexit or whatever, and makes it sound really complicated, they don't really understand mm. it. And if they make it sound simple but quite fundamental as well, mm. then they do understand it. You can make things sound simple and facile, which means they don't understand it either. Yeah. Um, and that's where you start, and then you get through, you go through a period of complexity, and then you come out the other end and go, now I really do understand mm -hmm. it. That's, 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 that's brilliant. What a great leader. From the moment I sat down with Nick, he showed such humility, having overcome enormous challenges and achieved so much in turning round wasps to the thriving team and venue it is today. I love his idea of making everything simple, and he certainly role models that, as well as tenacity, teamwork, courage, and so much more. I love that he has a coffee named after him too. How cool is that? I'm more of a tea drinker myself, but next time I'm in the Rico Arena, I'm definitely going to ask for a nick. That's it for this podcast. I was your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature. Keep leading, and I'll come back soon with the next interview on Leading Through Uncertainty. Mm -hmm.